Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. forward to this Christmas? You can put in the chat, what are you most looking forward to this Christmas? For me, it is eating more mince pies and being okay with eating more mince pies. This morning in the service, we've got popular Christmas carols and we've got a heartwarming nativity played by members of Westminster Chapel. So the first carol that we're going to be doing is the famous Ding Dong Merrily on High. Now there is a rule to this carol. Uh, I'm sure you know it, but we would say it's compulsory. Uh, every time there is a ding, you must crouch. Every time there is a don, you must uncrouch. What's the upset? And uh, that's going to give you some exercise, which we think is absolutely necessary before Christmas. So uh, please do that. Whether you're being lazy like us and sitting down, just slouch and then sit up straight. Or if you're actually really enthusiastic, you can stand up and dance along. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing about this carol is it has that famous line, Gloria, Hosanna in excelsis, which kind of means glory to God in the highest. But that Hosanna word is essentially hooray. It's a moment of praise, of excitement, um, of celebration. It's the moment when your football team, whether American or English, wins the league or wins the game. It's the moment when you realise that Peter wins the bake-off. Um, but most importantly, it's the moment when we remember that 2,000 years ago, God sent his own son into this world to conquer death, to bring hope in a hopeless situation, and to bring life to everyone who trusts in him. And that's the essence of this first carol. So let's sing it together and remember, ding, dong.
How do you plan to start 2021? We at Westminster Chapel want to start it with positivity and purpose. That's why we are beginning the well-being journey together. This is a fantastic eight-part conversation starter accompanied by a brilliant film series that we are hosting on Zoom on Sunday evenings starting the 10th of January at 7.45pm. It's open to anyone. And the whole point of the course is just for us to open up and start thinking about our holistic well-being, whether that is vocational, relational, emotional, financial, spiritual, and various other aspects of our lives. We believe that we can refill our fuel gauges slightly, get a boost to start January well. If you're interested, or if you know people who might be interested in this, then there's going to be a form coming up on the side of this screen in the chat that you could fill out for yourself or you could send on to someone else. We believe this is a, an invaluable conversation for all of us to have, whether you normally go to church or whether you've never been to church and this is your first time you're watching this. Hey, it's for everyone. It's for all of us to just start chatting these things through. It's for the benefit of all of us. Your contribution will help someone else as well. So it's not purely for you. Coming along will encourage those around you. We'd love to see you there. So now uh, take time to fill out that form if you're interested. We're going to have a short break and then it is the nativity that we've all been waiting for. Hi, welcome. We have a retelling of the Christmas story and you get to be a part of it by participating in the chat. So get your typing fingers ready. We're about to begin. 
hope, was it lost to mean invading Romans? Did God hear the sound of his people's groanings? You decide as we retell this most famous story. It's all about Christ in you, the hope of glory. God chose to come and visit our planet. But how? As a strong man, a baby, or rabbit? You decide. Type A in the chat for strong man, B for baby, or C for rabbit. Well, that's easy. Surely the almighty, all-powerful creator of everything would come as the world's strongest man. A taller, even cooler version of Zac Efron. Don't be silly. What would that say about God? God isn't vain like you. And no, he didn't come as a rabbit either. They just said that because it rhymes with planet. God came as a baby. That's the amazing thing about the Christmas story. The massive, mighty God coming down as a vulnerable, humble baby. This shows a different use of power, more beautiful, kind, courageous. Let's get on with our story. Mary was kneeling and saying a prayer when along came an angel with beautiful hair. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. You will give birth to a small baby boy. After some time, Mary's baby was due. And she traveled to Bethlehem. Joseph came too. And what do you think happened next? Uh, the donkey collapsed? Well, he doesn't look very strong. No, I'm not asking you, I'm asking them. So what do you think happened next? Is it A, they were driven in a limousine to a five-star hotel in Bethlehem, Jesus is God after all, or B, they sang Little Donkey, Little Donkey. They met an innkeeper who let him, them stay at his stable. I'm absolutely sure it's B. Okay, are you sure? You think so? Do you, do you even know the words to Little Donkey? Uh, I'm not sure. Shall we find out? Ooh, it's a bit cold out here, isn't it? Shall we, uh, shall we sing with Little Donkey? I'm not sure if I know all the words, so we might need your help to fill in the blanks. If you know them, why not comment them in the chat?
Well done, you did great. Great, wonderful singing, Mike. And, but it's not quite right. That's not the right answer. And everyone seems to have gotten it right. And they've shown it in the chat. The correct answer is C. A very kind innkeeper found them a bed. You can rest for a night in my shelter, he said. Baby Jesus was born in a stable that night. He was laid in a manger, a wonderful sight. Mary and Joseph knelt down when they saw the infant asleep in his crib lined with straw. So the question everyone's been asking about, drum roll please, who are the first VIP invitees to Jesus' birth? Indeed, you decide. A, was it a Christian celebrity like Justin Bieber? Was it B, King Herod? Or C, Stinky outcasts, also known as shepherds. I'm trying to read the chats. Yes, I think some of them are getting it. Even I know this one. They're amazingly, it's C. Yes, there's, there's hope for even people like me. Well, God welcomes those society often rejects. He's pretty cool like that. That's the most sensible thing you've said so far. Well, let's get on with the story. Shepherds with sheep on a hillside nearby were amazed when some angels appeared in the sky. Go and worship God's son. He was born here tonight. So they rushed to the stable, now shining with light. And then the three kings, aka the wise men, showed up, right? Yes, but it's actually a bit longer, a bit later than most people think. They were probably more like pagan star worshippers, actually. Three kings from a land that was far, far away followed a star burning bright as the day. It led them to visit God's special young child, who gazed at the presence, then nodded and smiled. But what gifts do you think they brought with them? Well, do you even need to ask? Chocolate, of course, and maybe some flowers. Well, what do you think? You at home decide. Is it A, chocolate? flowers, ice cream, or is it B, Lego, Peppa Pig, Transformers, or is it C, gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Most people are going for C. I can't think why. Well, that's because they're right. You know, the gifts weren't always intended for this purpose, but they can actually teach us about who Jesus is. Gold, fit for a king, but not just any king. This king came and wasn't appointed or crowned. He already came a king. He was already one at birth, the king of all kings. Frankincense reminds us of how Jesus brings us to God. He made a way where there seemed to be no way for us to have a relationship with God despite the bad things that we have done. How? That's what the myrrh suggests. 
Myrrh was a herb used in embalming dead bodies to keep them from, from smelling. There's a sense in which the death of the King of Kings and the great high priest Jesus was being predicted. A king who came to give his life so that we could live. Jesus is worthy to be worshiped because he willingly came to die, to suffer on a cross, to absorb the pollution of evil and be punished for our wrongdoing. He suffered and died so that you wouldn't have to. He offers forgiveness, a clean conscience, peace with God, so that we could be with God the Father forever. To all the Marys and the Josephs, to all the star worshipers, the shepherds, Jesus offers hope, hope of a fresh start, hope to live in a world without suffering in unexpected places to unexpected people. Jesus offers real hope. But how do you get it though? Well, you just have to believe that Jesus is God, that he came to save you from your sins and to trust in him. Really? I don't have to be a good person then? No, that's the whole point. You just have to decide. Ah, I get it now. You decide. Very clever. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. What a fantastic performance that was. Great presentation. It's wonderful to have so many gifted, fun, talented people in our church. Hi, I'm Howard. It's my privilege to lead Westminster Chapel. I have a message of hope, especially for you watching at home today. And it's not just any old hope. It is capital H hope, the kind of hope that you can trust and take to the bank and cash. Our God, the Christian God, he is full of hope. We see this throughout the whole story of the Bible. Let me give you a few examples. Abraham and Sarah. Abraham is 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. They've been promised their own child, but they've pretty much given up hope. But God comes through for them, even at that impossible age, and they're blessed with this promised child, Isaac. There was hope, even in their difficult circumstances. Joseph is in prison, perhaps beginning to give up on the prospect of those dreams being fulfilled. 
But then the prison door suddenly is swung open and in 24 hours he goes from being an imprisoned foreigner to being the favoured prime minister of perhaps the most powerful nation in the world at that time. There was hope. Or what about the people of Israel fleeing from the tyranny of Pharaoh in Egypt? All those hard years of labour that they've been through. And now, now they'd come to seeming like a dead end. They were being chased by this invading army coming towards them. Either side was mountains and behind them was a sea. It seemed like there was no way out. But there was hope. God parted the entire sea and they walked right through it to freedom and safety. We know the story of hope in our nation as well. We celebrated it uh, back in VE Day a little bit in the Battle of Dunkirk and this extraordinary victory that came through uh, escape and rescue. Thousands and thousands of soldiers were crushed by the invading German army onto the coast with no way out. But a national day of prayer was called. And in answer to that prayer, God grounded the German planes with bad weather and he enabled the perfect weather to allow for an extraordinary flotilla of all kinds and types of ships to cross over to bring these soldiers back. It was a great day of victorious rescue, a miracle, the miracle of Dunkirk. Our God delights to bring hope and so often that hope comes when we're desperate when we feel like there's no, there's no hope, we feel like giving up, the message today is there is hope. God delights to show up to bring hope in dead-end places where it seems like there's no way to go to transform them with his presence. I think this is why he doesn't show up in the 21st century in a state-of-the-art hospital with all of that grandeur, maybe pomp and ceremony, now, he shows up in a simple stable in the first century in an impoverished part of the world that's under Roman oppression and aggressive taxation. In some ways, it's the very opposite place that you would expect the almighty God and king of all kings to show up at. But in another way, it is the exact place you would expect him to be if we understand his heart and his desire to minister tender mercy and hope to the least of these. See, however hopeless your personal situation, see, however hopeless our position may be nationally, even globally, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, however bad you may be feeling it's got, we have this hope that there is no desperate place that God cannot transform with his loving presence. But it's not just that God delights to bring hope in unexpected places. He delights to bring hope to unexpecting people. Think of the Christmas story. God chooses Mary, not a wealthy woman or a princess, but a poor, very young woman from a nowhere town that he would want to include her and empower her to bring to birth his purposes on the earth. 
Who were the first people God invites to, to meet <laughs> the king, Jesus, who's arrived, been born in the stable. It's stinky social outcasts, shepherds, the people who are the bottom rung of the ladder, the last, the least of these. And then God fetches from thousands of miles away foreigners, immigrants, pagan star worshippers. We know them as kings, but they are star worshippers who would have been looked down upon and judged harshly by the Jewish people. He brings them in that they might meet the baby Jesus. God is trying to tell us something about hope and about himself. It's not that there, <laughs> there's no hope for those who are wealthy and you know, the religious elites of the world. That's, that's not it. There is hope for them, but it's that there's hope for everyone. Everybody is included in this, in this wonderful hope. There was a point in my life when I'd pretty much lost hope. I was so depressed. I was so discouraged. I felt like just really giving up. I began to hate the way that I looked and I hated a world that judged people by, by its externals, by, by, by your physical appearance. And I was so desperate, I even had plastic surgery, but it didn't satisfy me. And in this condition, I arrived at university to have just that emptiness amplified by going out clubbing and drinking and just not finding any sense of deeper meaning or, or purpose in, in life, finding myself actually more discouraged and on a very low moment when I was very depressed one night I reached for the Gideon Bible in my university room I didn't know really anything about the Bible I had never read a Bible properly before I didn't know there was an Old Testament and a New Testament so the best thing that I could do was simply to take it and flick it hopefully literally trusting that my finger would land on the right page and the right part it touched down on 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Of the 31 1,102 verses that there are in the Bible, God led me to that exact verse, the verse I needed to hear more than any other. And it showed me in that moment, God is real and that he knows me and that he cares about me. And he's the kind of God that, that I could like. He's very different from all the bad ways the world judges. This God judges well and rightly and true. And in time, I began to see that I'd been judging him wrongly and the Christian faith incorrectly, judging it by the externals, the way that the world likes to mock it as unscientific and old-fashioned and irrelevant. But as I spent more time getting books and reading the Bible for myself, I discovered a very different story. I discovered a God of extraordinary love and sacrifice. And this was most clear to me in the cross, that this baby Jesus grows up to die willingly as our substitute, as our sacrifice in our place for all of our wrongs. For me, this was extraordinary. 
All of my bad stuff, all my dirt, my shame, my guilt, all the ways I'd messed up, all the things that I didn't do, that I should have done, that I hadn't acted righteously in all sorts of ways that made me ugly and dirty and that he should reject me. Not just that I felt physically ugly, I was ugly inside. But this God reaches out with his arms from the cross to embrace me. And he'll do the same for you. That he would accept us because he dies to take away all that would come between you and God. All that sinful barrier of brokenness and wrongdoing. He takes away. You can find ultimate acceptance and joy in being showered with his love upon you and inside you. And this gives hope because nothing can separate you from this love. This love goes everywhere with you from that moment that you decide to trust and believe upon Jesus. You're safe forever. You have hope no matter how terrible your circumstances might be. You have hope. God is with you. God loves you. He'll never stop loving you. And you get to spend eternity with him forever in a world without sin, sickness, suffering, viruses, death or pain. This is wonderful good news. And it means that we can hold on to this hope even in the toughest of circumstances. This is why I called it capital H hope right at the the start. It's the hope you can really trust and take to the bank and cash. God shows up to bring hope. He did it in one of the most unexpected places 2,000 years ago in a stable. God showed up for Mary. God showed up for the shepherds. God showed up for those wise men, kings, star worshippers. God showed up for me in my university room. And God will show up for you as you humbly reach out to him. And you can do that right now with an honest prayer. Just call on him for help. (laughs) God, come help me. I need hope. And he'll come. If you pray that sincerely and genuinely, he'll come. But there's a wonderful prayer that can maybe help you to pray if you're not quite sure how to do that. It comes from one of the verses of a great carol, A Little Town of Bethlehem. And if you'd like to pray it, we just encourage you, let us know afterwards. You've prayed the prayer in the chat or, or hit request prayer and someone will want to follow up with you and just chat about what you've done. But if you'd like to pray, and I encourage you to do that if you're looking for hope, then close your eyes, bow your head and pray with me now. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. And Lord, I pray for everyone who's prayed that prayer to you now, that you would fill them with a wonderful, glorious hope. Amen. Now, Howard has just powerfully reminded us that God speaks to unexpecting people in unexpected places with this unexpected hope. And I believe that that is you. You could have been doing a whole number of other things today, but you chose to tune in and hear this hope-filled message. Because I believe God wanted to speak to you individually, wherever you are, in your lounge, kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, or even out for a walk. Because God is full of hope and he wants to impart that to others. Now, 
If that's you, and if you feel like he has been speaking to you in some fashion, or even if you just want to find out a bit more, then please get in touch. You could say, that's me in the chat to the side, and someone will respond, and we'd love to hear about that. If you want to make it a little bit more private, you could request prayer, and there you can just type and chat with one of our team, and they'd love to pray about something with you. Or even you could message us, email us, and we'd love to get back to you, maybe even a phone call, and encourage you along this journey. The ex-minister of Westminster Chapel, who was actually born 121 years ago on this day exactly, um, he said this, there is a hope for anyone who realises their need and cries out for God. And we believe that that is what we want to do as a church and we believe that's what you can do now. So we're going to pray and then we're going to hear this final and sing along with this final carol. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you are the giver, the bringer of hope, the bringer of light in our darkness, the giver of hope in our times of need. We thank you that you are full of hope, that you are hope himself. And so Lord, I pray that you will bless everyone here in the service watching today. I pray that you will give us all a renewed sense of your joy, your peace, and your hope for the season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic Christmas and come back and join us again on the 27th for an end of year Thanksgiving service. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Sermon Audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.